everyone just pay particular attention to what's going to be said today because it is the word of the Lord. And if it's the word of the Lord, then it's the word that Jesus himself has given uh, to the elder to speak. And that becomes very important to all of us. One thing I'm very thankful for is that you guys have been set in a place to hear God. And in hearing God, then we need to recognize that it is God. Can, can you say amen to that? I hope so. So uh, one thing that I want to press today, impress upon all of you, is how important it is that we begin to realize that Jesus Christ made the atonement for all sin. And that when Jesus speaks, he only speaks truth. He does not ever speak anything other than the truth. So when we were reading in John 17, correct? So um, I don't need to go back there. I'm just going to uh, ad lib some things from John 17 for your sake today. But Jesus told us in John 17 in his intercessory prayer for us before the Father, he said, I have given them my word, my word is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. So we know that Jesus was crucified on the cross. He made the sacrifice, gave his own blood for the atonement of sin in us. So that sacrifice where the blood of Jesus Christ was shed was to take away our sin. In the Old Testament, and Connie just spoke about it, uh, very briefly but there is a, a type and shadow in the Old Testament that, Testament that becomes very significant to what uh, type and shadows what Jesus did for us at the cross in the Old Testament we see two goats we see uh, the goat that was sacrificed and a blood offering off it, offered and then we see the scapegoat and on him hands were laid upon the scapegoat to transfer the sins upon that scapegoat, and then that scapegoat was led into the wilderness never to return. And so even in the Old Testament, it shows two goats, but in Jesus Christ, it's only one. It's only one. So in Christ, not only did he offer the blood offering to make atonement for our sin, but he also took upon himself the sins of the world and never to bring them back ever again. This is what we have to begin to understand why truth becomes so important to all of us. One thing for sure, knowledge is not truth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Knowledge is not truth. But truth will lead you into knowledge. Because it's the knowledge of the holy that sanctifies. Because the, in the Jesus said, sorry, I'm, I'm struggling with some, my speech this morning. Jesus said that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So anytime the word of God is spoken, the truth is being made manifest. So uh, there is then a, a great understanding that Jesus is imparting to all of us about who he is and why truth must be made known. So even when Steve, Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, right, it was at his time to be crucified, Jesus told, uh, well, let me just turn to it. I think that's in, I didn't bring my Bible in today. I'll come back to this one. I think it's in the book of John. 
And I want to say it's in the 19th chapter, but I'm not sure about that. What I'm looking for is when Jesus stood before uh, Pilate, where, where Pontius Pilate says what is truth. That's what I'm looking for. I, just, I was just reading it last night and today. When you know? I thought I had... That's John 18.38. Thank you. John 18.38. Thank you, Connie. So, uh, the reason I'm, I'm going to talk about this, Pilate said to him, so you are a king, and Jesus, Jesus said, you say that I am a king, and for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. So why did Jesus come into the earth? To bear witness of the truth. Because... Every word that the Father spoke was truth. He put every word from heaven into Jesus, sent Jesus to bear witness in the earth of the truth, of the truth that there is one God, that there is one Jesus, that there is only one God to worship, one God to serve, and in that God we can know all things. And so the truth that Jesus came to speak was of that one God, one Father, and whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, then Jesus said this, I have come into the world to bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Then Pilate said unto him, What is truth? So, if Pilate, now I want to say something that you want to hear. If Pilate would acknowledge that Jesus was the truth, would Pilate have been able to crucify the Lord? And the answer is no. He would have had to deny the he had to deny the truth because it was given to the Father that he would do so. If he would acknowledge that Jesus was the truth, he would not have been able to crucify the Lord or put or turn him over to the Jews to be crucified. So, in fact, he probably would have had to make wage war against the the Jews for for uh, not worshiping the truth for not knowing the truth. So it becomes apparent, and the only reason that's been made manifest is because in you and I, until we begin to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the truth and is the only truth, we have this form of knowledge in our mind that cannot be changed. It cannot be delivered unto the truth. So there's where our idols are created, and that's where what keeps us from understanding the will of God. So if I turn to 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter... I hope I'm right with this one. Yes, I am. So it says this, because truth only comes from God. Let me say that one more time. Truth only comes from God. You do not know the truth unless it comes from God. So Jesus Christ came to give you what? To deliver unto you the truth. So that you would know the truth. The truth would make you free or set you free from sin. So that you could now serve the one true living God. Jesus Christ. So if, if I go out and I'm going to go out and I'm going to obtain all this knowledge. I'm going to read every book of the Bible. I'm going to read every scripture in every book. And I'm going to have so much knowledge about God that. God will have to save me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We all have thought that way. Not one of us have, has not thought that way. 
I, I got to read you something today in 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. And I want you to be very patient in your hearing. And I want you, and as we go through the week, I want you to be very thoughtful about what's going to be said today. Now, concerning food offered to idols. I'm in 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, the first verse. Now, concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. So what's the food offered to idols? It's knowledge. Hear this. The food offered to idols is the knowledge that we believe we possess. goes on to say, this knowledge puffs up, but love edifies or builds up. Everybody with me? So, knowledge puffeth up. If I, and I'm, I'll be, I'm reading in the uh, English Standard Version, and that's because I, I had my, I already had it set in my Bible, and I'm not going to take the time to change it to the <clears throat> King James Version. But what I want you to understand in this is that we all have offered gifts unto idols. And the gifts that we have offered is our own understanding of the Word of God and a wrong interpretation that we did not get from Jesus Christ. If we had it in truth, who would be made known? Who would be, who would be built up? Who would be edified? Jesus Christ would be. And so that my testimony would bring forth the testimony of Jesus. And there would be no speech in me about myself. Is everybody with me? Because the more I know the truth, the less I know myself. The more I know the truth, the less I know myself when it comes to the flesh. Because truth is leading me into the knowledge of the holy. And there is only one that is holy, and that is God. So, if truth is being given by Jesus Christ into the believer, into the heart of the believer, that truth is making known the who the believer is in the Father. That's awesome. And so, the more I know who I am in the Father, the less I know myself in the flesh. And that's the goal that Jesus Christ came, or the sacrifice that Jesus Christ came to make for you, is so that you would know who you are in the mind of the Father. That's pretty awesome. So let me go on reading. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. That's, that's pretty plain, isn't it? This is, I mean, these things are the will of God that he wants to make known in us. So if I think I know something, yet I already know that I don't know as I should know. And we all have opened up our mouth to speak not knowing what we ought to know. Because if I don't have the interpretation by the Holy Ghost, where, where it becomes the anointed work of God in the mind of the believer, I know nothing. So... Even Paul would say in the book of Galatians, he said it very profoundly, I know nothing, said Jesus Christ and him crucified. So now we can talk about the truth because the truth has made known who? It has made known Jesus Christ, the witness 
of the truth in the earth. That's my Jesus. That's your Jesus. That's the Jesus whom we serve. Let me go on. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. So we say we love God, right? So if we say we love God, yet we are not known of God, how would we know? How would we know if we're known of God or not? Do you ever ask yourself, okay, I say I love God, but am I known of God? Do you know it's only the truth that can bring to your mind that you are known of the Father? You cannot imagine it yourself. That's why you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if I know, if 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 I'm receiving the truth of the Word of God, then I am knowing that I'm known of God. Because my mind is being made free. I have witnessed that I am known of God. Can you follow me? So I, if I have witnessed that I am known of God, what's in me? The truth. And my witness is of who? Myself or of Jesus Christ? It's of Jesus Christ. Now I know that I'm known of the Father. Because does the Father know the Son? And does the Son know the Father? It's amazing how quickly we forget these things when we bring when we're beginning to study or bring our mind to the things of God that a lot of times we depart from the truth in order to get our knowledge how many of you, how many of us can say amen to that we depart from the truth in order to get our knowledge what's the truth what's the truth that's the question What's the, that's the question that Pontius Pilate said. What is truth? What is truth? Jesus is the truth. So every word that Jesus has spoken is the truth. So we've been saying now that this now for three weeks. That every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father, it is life, it is the way, and it is the truth. Can you say amen? So I'm going to, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to this chapter in just a moment. I'm going to go to John 17 again and lay this emphasis again when it comes to the Word of God. Now listen to this. And I'm going to start reading in verse 3 again. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So if he glorified him on earth, <coughs> what did he do? He testified of the truth. He testified of the one true God. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world was. So was Jesus the truth in the Father? And the answer to that is yes. Jesus is the truth that is in the Father, undoubtedly. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. They have kept your word. They have kept your truth. How did they do it? They followed Jesus. What's, what's expected of you? It's expected of you to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you will manifest the truth. That's awesome. And they know that everything that you have given me, excuse me, 
I, I missed it. I have manifested your name to the people whom you have gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they had kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. So everything that Jesus is came from who? Came from the Father. Everything. Likewise, everything that Jesus is, where's it? In the, in, in the gospel, where's it all going back to? It's all going back to the Father. So the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ, Jesus came from the Father to the earth, to us. And in us, he spoke the truth to give witness of the Father. And then when he was raised back up, where did he go? Back into the Father. And he then testified that when he went back into the Father, he was going to send us the Holy Ghost. And when we received the Holy Ghost, now the witness of heaven, the witness of the Father, the witness of God, is the same that was in Jesus Christ is now in us. So that everything that Jesus said, every word that Jesus spoke, giving witness of the Father, giving witness of heaven, giving witness of the throne room of God and what God's desire and God's heart and God's need of for us and Christ in us would be made known and we would live and move and have our being in the truth. It's amazing how people use that word truth so lightly today, isn't it? When we speak of truth, we, we speak so fleshly of it. Yet, the truth is the word of God. It's that word that came from heaven that gives life. Yet every word has life in it. Every word has, like Connie spoke or reminded us of earlier this morning, every word has the blood of Jesus Christ attached to it. So that as it goes in, it begins to sanctify the mind of the believer. It begins to sanctify the ear of the hearer. So that sin is taken out of the way. It's removed and it's forgotten in the mind of the Father forever. So that we who love God, we who believe in God, can now hear that truth and be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That's how much power is in the Word of God. It's so that you do not think as you used to think. You think new. You become a new creature with a new mind and a new way to approach the Lord. A new way to call upon the name of God that you might be saved. A new and living way where it's only life. Death has been overcome. Because in the gospel of Jesus Christ, he overcame sin, death, and the devil. He overcame them for us. And when he passed through the veil, when he passed through that veil with his own blood, did he not make the way for you and I to come before the throne room of the Father? He did. Now, let's be bold, as the scripture would say. Let us be bold to come before the throne room of God. Let that boldness that comes from the Holy Ghost take you into the presence of God where he begins to impart unto you the mind that you had with him from the beginning, where you begin to know who you are in the Father 
because the mind that who you are here is departed from you that you might know the mind of the Father. Anybody know what it means to be schizophrenic? It means to be double-minded. It means you really don't have an idea of who you are. And so the book of James, it approaches the double-minded man because the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But as we begin to hear the word of God, it begins to put in us a foundation of truth, a foundation of surety, so that every work of Jesus Christ that goes upon that foundation is built in the absolute authority of heaven itself. There is no uh, being blown by every wind of doctrine. There is no wavering. There is no doubting. We know that the word that God is delivering unto us each and every time we are present in the throne room of God to hear it, when it goes in, it is establishing itself upon the foundation of the apostle and prophets. Jesus Christ himself becoming the chief cornerstone, and it is building in you the habitation of the Lord forever. That's pretty awesome. And so these things are not just cliches. These things are not uh, uh, a simple mindset to where uh, we, be, we just go about living our lives thinking that uh, if I follow Jesus, I have the truth, which in part is true, but the surety of it is there's a boldness attached to the truth where we know where we are, we know who we are, and we know what we stand on as a believer so that we do not waver in our believing. We do not waver uh, in who we are. We do not waver in the things that are spoken to us we stand as a witness of the truth. And if you're a witness of anything, then you know that what it is saying to you, it is truthful. So we perceive a lot of things in the flesh. And we know that um, in the flesh, I know. This is what I know in the flesh. I know I have a wife. I know I have three children. I know I have eight grandchildren. I have three daughter-in-laws. I know those things in the flesh. I also know that in the flesh, I have the skills to, have a, to get a job, obtain a vocation. I also know that through those job skills, I can make money, and with that money, I can go out and I can buy cars and houses and lands. I know I can do all of that because I've done it. And I can stand on the fact that I have done those things. None of that is what we are talking about. None of that is the concern of the Father. Everything that we are talking about this morning has, the, has a greater emphasis when it comes to obtaining the things that God has set for us as his son. So if I say that I'm a son of God, then that means I love God, first and foremost. I love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. That means that I have no other part in me that is given over to the items of the flesh. I love God, and Him only do I serve. And so my mind has been made separated unto the will of God. And in those things, God begins to impart the truth, the Word of God, that gives me a testimony or a witness of the one true Son, Jesus Christ, who I am now a partaker of.
I am now identified with in that body. That's awesome. So it's, if I have testimony of what I can do in the earth, greater is the testimony of who I am in the Father. And Jesus Christ came to deliver unto, that, deliver unto us the witness of who we are in him. That's very powerful. Um, now, I'm going to go back to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, if you don't mind. Any questions from anyone about those things at this time? Anyone? Be feel, feel free to speak, please, because it's important. Okay. I'm going to go back to verse 4. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real... Listen to this. We know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. That's pretty clear. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or in, on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us... Who's the us? We who believe. We who know. We who have opened our mind to the truth. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things for whom we exist. One Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. So how do we exist? As, as a son, as a believer, how do we exist? Only through Jesus Christ. That's what it just said. Now, if I exist as a son in Jesus Christ, then what an idol can't offer me, because an idol has no real existence. And you know that we have had many idols in the earth? How many say, yeah? We have had many idols in the earth. You know what the biggest idol that we have had is in the earth? ourselves, our knowledge. Now listen. However, not all possess this knowledge. What's the knowledge that, that we don't all possess? That Jesus is the Christ. That he is the one true God. But some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. So the point of me going back to this in, in 1 Corinthians this morning is this, is that we have to be very careful when we are searching the Scripture. Because if I'm searching the Scripture, then is it that I might know something? Is it that I might gain revelation? Is it that I might have something to offer that is greater than what Jesus Christ himself hath given me? Because if that's my intent, where am I at? What am I, what am I, what am I gaining knowledge in? I am sacrificing to an idol, which is myself. Very important to understand. Do you know that everything that you need to know in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has given it to you? And that where you're at in Jesus Christ right now, Jesus Christ has put you there. So when I want to strive 
to become something greater than what God hath made me. How am I seeing myself? I am seeing myself as God. I am seeing myself as one greater than God. And that is sin. Let me go on. Food, and this food that we're talking about here is what? It's knowledge. We, that's what we define in the first verse of this reading. Food is knowledge. So I can read it this way. Knowledge will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. So, knowledge puffeth up. Isn't that how it opened up in this chapter? So, if I, if I partake of knowledge, I'm no better off with God if I did or didn't. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? And if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? Now listen, so if, if I speak of knowledge, then am I in a place where I am a stumbling block to my brother? If I speak of knowledge, am I not putting my knowledge in a place to be a stumbling block to my brother who is weak? And the answer is yes. So by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Wow. It makes you think twice about what we want to offer at the temple as a sacrifice, does it not? If it's not the truth, if it's not making manifest the name of Jesus Christ, if it's not revealing him and him alone, then we are being challenged within because we're trying to make ourselves puff, look good. We're trying to make what we possess and what we know to be the God that we offer to. And the thing that we are all learning even your elders today. The reason the elders are so, uh, have died to the truth is that we do not want to offer something in the temple that would cause a weaker vessel to stumble and fall. So we don't talk about weakness. We talk about strength. We talk about what we have received in the truth from Jesus Christ. We talk about the things that will edify and bring forth the power of God in you. Everybody with me? I'm coming over to the 10th chapter, and I'm going to skip down. I'm not going to read it from the first because um, I want you to hear this. Verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Did you hear that? In other words, <laughs> you are not tried beyond anyone. Your temptation or your, the trying of your faith is not greater than any other person's. You all agree with me in this? You know, it's funny. When we talk about our tribulation or, or our tr the trying of our faith, 
we think that's what happening, what's happening to us is so much greater that's happen than happening to everybody else. That's the mindset we take in it, but that's not true. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted. Now listen to this. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This is an awesome thing. God never tempts you beyond the word that has already been delivered unto you. This is why it must, in us, that word that, we, that he delivers unto us, we must regard it as what? The truth. Because the truth will do what for you? Make you free. So the truth comes before temptation. The truth comes to edify or build you up in faith. So that when the trying or the temptation comes forth, he's not tempting you with evil. God never tempts any man with evil. Do you hear me? That is not God. But he will provoke you and he will bring forth in you by that truth the knowing of the man of sin. Thus, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, right? When Jesus Christ appears, who does he make known? Who does he make manifest? The man of sin. But the word of God came in order for it to be overcome in you. We forget this so quickly. Excuse me, I'm getting dry. So let me read that again. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So why do we need to be tempted? So that we know the way to escape and the way to endure. In other words, he's teaching us how to be overcomers. And if we will be an overcomer, if we will believe in Jesus Christ and be an overcomer, then he will make us a pillar in the temple of our God. That's awesome. If I am an overcomer, if I am a son, I am an overcomer, and he is making me a pillar in the temple of himself. Wow. Therefore, my beloved, flee idolatry, flee knowledge. Let the word of God deliver you from it. Now, this is what we know, okay? That we have a lot of knowledge in us, and we've been, it's been made manifest, correct? Mm -hmm. As if I hear something and I go to my knowledge to get an interpretation of it, what's going to happen? It's going to become defiled. That's what, how we open this whole thing up today. But if I go to the truth, if I will listen to the truth, who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. If I will let the truth be made manifest, then in patience I will be an overcomer. My knowledge will go away. I will flee from it. That the knowledge of the Holy by the Holy Ghost will come forth and show me the witness in Jesus Christ. Wow. And a lot of us are going to ask this question. Well, how will I, how will I know? 
when the witness comes forth. I will tell you this. How will you not know? If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul, when that witness comes to make known in you the truth that is in Jesus Christ, you will know. Because you will, it will bring you to a, an experience of departing from the man of sin and entering into Jesus Christ, entering into the truth. And you will know. You'll be free. Free from your knowledge. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Now listen to this. The cup of blessing. We just all had communion together just a short time ago. The cup of blessing that we bless, the word of God, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, God, we who are many are one body, for we are, excuse me, for we all partake of the one bread. How many, how many breads are there? And what is it called? The word of God. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols, knowledge, is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, listen now, they offer to demons and not to God. So when you want to take your knowledge and make it the truth, what are you offering? Are you not offering a cup to demons? Are you not offering a pagan sacrifice to demons and not to God? I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Wow. Have we ever put it in the context of our minds that this is what we do when we offer our knowledge on the altar of sacrifice, that we are participating with demons with pagan gods and not participating or partaking of the truth that is in Jesus Christ. Who made the sacrifice for your life? Jesus Christ did. And that atoning sacrifice that he made for you, where your sins are forgiven, forgotten forever, becomes the truth of all life. And it becomes the living of all life to make it alive unto Jesus Christ. Now, much has been said today. A lot of things have been said today in the scripture. But this is what I want you to take away today in yourselves. And that is what you hear is the truth. The only time it is changed into a lie is when we try to figure it out or interpret it for ourselves. But what you hear is the truth. 
And the truth will make you free. And the truth is being given to you to make manifest Jesus Christ in you, your hope of glory. And what God hath put asunder, what God hath put together, right? Let not man put asunder. Let not man destroy. For the work of Jesus Christ through the cross has become your salvation. Stay with the truth. Your knowledge shall flee away. Stay with the truth and you shall have the witness of Jesus Christ in you. Stay in the truth and that persistence, that patience will rise up in you and the Spirit of the Lord will come unto you and give you the testimony that you all desire. Can you say amen? God bless you today. Any questions about those things today? Okay. If not, okay, Ellen has a question. No, I'm going to get to that question in just a second. I'm going to turn off audacity and then we'll, we'll talk, we'll share a little bit. God bless you all. Okay. Any questions? It's the trying of your faith. Okay. So if your, oh. faith, if, if your faith is being tried, are you in a tribulation? Yes. Yes. So, it's so okay. It's always inward. Okay. It is always inward. That's, let me repeat that. It is always the trying of your mind, the trying of your thoughts. Your idols are the way you think. Right? Yeah, you do. That's a good place to be, honey. It's a great place to be. So, the trying or the temptation or the trying of our thoughts, it's a great place to be because now God is trying the thoughts of our mind by the word of truth and he's making it known. Wow, that's awesome. Anyone else this morning know the thoughts? I know I had to stir, stir something up in all of you. I know that for sure. Isn't it, isn't it a wonderful thing that the things that the things that Jesus said are in Scripture so that we can go to the Word of God and the Word of God can make manifest who we are in the earth and who we are in heaven so that we can turn from who we are in the earth and become who Jesus says we are in heaven. I, I count those things awesome. Hey, Pastor Dave? Yeah. They want to know where you were reading and what uh, version you were reading out of for um, offering um, uh, to devils. I was reading in the uh, uh, English Standard Version, and I was in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Yes. Severe? Yeah, severe. Let me go on. Let me read something to you out of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led away to mute, or the King James Version says, dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. 
And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Idols will cause us to say that Jesus isn't necessary. And man has our world embraced that thinking today. Man, you even talk about Jesus in most places today and people want to curse you. But we even hold esteem that in ourselves. Well, we don't want to talk about Jesus. We want to talk about my life. I want to tell you about my life. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If your life is not being built up and edified in Jesus Christ, you're dead. And I don't want to, I don't want to fellowship with death. I want to fellowship with the truth. I want the truth to be made known. I want the truth to give life. So I don't want to fellowship with devils. I want to fellowship with Jesus Christ, the truth. So we don't want to talk about ourselves. We want to talk about Jesus. And what Jesus is, what Jesus is making me to be. And I can guarantee you, Jesus is not making me to be what I see on that computer right now. Making me something to be greater. Something to be equal with himself. Well, that's hard for us to accept, isn't it? An eternal spiritual being that has the mind of the Lord. Wow. And he even gives us this, the spirit that he is. This is awesome. The spirit that he is. Because God is a spirit, right? And then that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the spirit that he is, he has, he has given to us the self-same spirit. How else could we worship in the spirit if, we did not, if he did not impart his spirit unto us? It wouldn't be possible. Because he only identifies with one spirit, and that's his own. That's pretty clear, huh? Okay. Any other comments or questions this morning? All right. I hope to hear from all of you uh, this week uh, about these things. And uh, if Connie and I can, we will join uh, on Wednesday night with either Dan or Brian. Or if we have time, maybe we'll do both. Uh, and then we'll, we'll try to be on. Monday night we will not be on because we have a barbecue with family we have family coming it's uh, interesting that my niece from alaska is going to be in phoenix the same time we are so her family is coming over to mike's house and we're all going to have a barbecue together on monday night so we will not be on monday night um and my son josh will be there also for a conference so we're going to have a mini family reunion in phoenix arizona it's kind of weird how that all worked out but so Monday night we will not be on, but we will, we will be on uh, Wednesday and Thursday night if possible. So God bless you guys. We love you. We're definitely going to miss um, being with you here and uh, look forward to being back in a couple weeks. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Don't forget to call me on the phone. Yep. Is that recorded? Yep. Do you want it posted? 59 minutes and 30 some seconds. Did you just start recording when you started?